Welcome to the Everything is Earned podcast. My name is Mike. I am your to- co-host, Tim. And we're Everything Cleveland, and this is the Everything is Earned podcast. I think we've explained that a couple times. Our podcast is called Everything is Earned. Our company is Everything Cleveland, and we're just here to talk about everything going on in your Cleveland sports world. And we're going to start with the Browns tonight. So, uh, so the Browns are playing the Buffalo Bills, and I'm not particularly... Um, like excited or like worried or I don't know, I don't have any emotions right now. I'm very tone deaf on the Browns. They just need to do something for I me. I think at this point in the season we'll desensitize. It's like, alright, if, if something happened, wouldn't they excited and when it back into the flow of, of being the optimistic Browns fan? Like, alright, we can get back in, we can win, we can win eight straight games, but for the time being, we gotta see what the first quarter looks like on Sunday. If the Browns throttle the Bills and like bury them, I might get back on board. It's just going to take me a little bit to, it's like, take to get back huge, on board. A huge win, a statement win against a, a tough Buffalo defense. You know what will uh, will help that um, is the Browns getting uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt involved, yes. Yeah. Uh, first came back from his eight-day suspension, and we're kind of curious about what Fred, uh, Freddie Kitchens is going to do with him. Um, is he going to use him as just a throw down back? Is he going to split the carries with Nick Chubb and lighten the load? Um, it's, it's interesting to see what kind of shape he's in and how Freddie Kitchens will use him. Um, I'm more on the side of Freddie Kitchens misusing him because that's what he's been doing all season long. So why would he be any different with Kareem Hunt? But I'm optimistic and I'm going to keep an open mind about that. I think that Freddie could use him in the wishbone, which he hasn't really shown this season, which would be really cool. Um, and I, I, like you said in an earlier episode, getting Hilliard off the field will be very much welcomed. And uh, don't forget that Cream Hunt's very good out of the backfield as a pass-catching running back. Uh, he's very athletic, he's very shifty, and I think that you could put both those guys in there At the and, same really, time. and really create some havoc for defenses. If the Browns needed a boost to wake up and start playing football and making this offense come alive, Cream Hunt better darn well be it. I don't think you're going to have him beyond the season, but who's to say you you wouldn't resign him and then rock a little Ernest and Biner situation, a little Mac and Biner? That would be very interesting. Uh, we've seen it a few times with in the modern NFL um, with the ability to play those two uh, tandem bats and really um, create a very strong running back game and 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 passing game out of the backfield um, and. I mean, money is shifty with this. Um, we don't know exactly how John Dorsey wants to utilize um, the salary cap right now and going on in the future. Um, and, but I know he, he doesn't want to to add any more money with the wide receiver core, and that's what we think uh, Higgins is out in the the window, and he's, that's why he's in the Dodgers. So interesting to see if he he would re up a deal with Tremont if he comes out guns blazing. Um, in this back half of the season, he might require a huge contract extension um, because pe- teams uh, and if he, he continue, continues building his character, because that was a big concern. So if he can, if he, and he's so far quieted down as doubters since it happened. Um, we gotta he, see what's gonna look like in the field, though. We gotta see if he's able to come back in and, and play at this form. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. But he, he's an Ohio boy, which is which is nice. You gotta love that piece of it. Um, so, I mean, obviously he's got the support from that aspect. Um, excited to see if they'll have him 
um, have him run like a two back tandem thing because we should really be a running first football team, and then and then I'll open up the pass. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I thought we were supposed to. I would love to do the the Rams offense, the old zone run, uh, play action offense kind of deal, but. Dorsey does is is starting to line up his ducks in a row though here in terms of where he wants to put his money and he, he actually just re-signed uh, Treader, JC Treader, uh, our, our our starting center um, who's quietly had a really great season so far and uh, he's been one of the strongest points in the line and, and on the team yeah and on the team and, and so the the game extension I think that's a good it's a good start thirty two and a half million total twenty three plus guaranteed. Um, obviously, it's a good start. You still have guys that need to be resigned coming up in uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, so you got you got a couple of guys out there that need to be resigned. Um, Denzel Ward's going to come up, but I think with the window that we keep talking about, you can put some more money out there. And if if you would have this crazy two back tandem with uh, with Kareem and Chubb, is it worth putting the money out there now during this window? If the means you could you could turn your offense to another level. Well, if there's any time to spend money, it's when you're trying to win, and that's what we're trying to do. So if you're gonna spend money, do it now. Spend money money on the line, address that. Spend a few draft picks on it, or just figure it out in off season, so we didn't do it in the trade deadline. Um, and yeah, spend money where you need it and where you think your biggest gaps or, or weaknesses are. Um, and like I said, this is the time to do it. And you have to do it in a rebuilding mode where you're trying to. Shed cap and try to draft picks. That's not what we owe right now. We we changed um, what like our uh, our goal is for um, the next few years for the Cleveland Browns by drafting. Oh, by well by drafting Baker and that plan is starting to pan out. But by trading for Vernon, trading for Odell Beckham, uh, and signing pieces like that, and signing uh, Kareem Hunt, we're in we're in playoff mode. That's that's our goal. If we only would show that on the field, that'd be. That you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think I could. I pretty much say everything that Freddie has said with with the results that he's required. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm kind of. I'm kind of over Freddie at the moment. I just want to see um, the perform and to go win some games. I mean, that's about, about all the players. I don't want to hear any distraction. I don't want to hear about any shoes. I don't want to hear about any how many times you you shaved your mustache in in a matter of one uh, one day with, with three. By the way. Um, I don't want to hear any of this outside stuff. I don't want to hear how we're gonna fix it. I just want to see you fixing it. Right. I, right. I I would literally not even care if he if he just sat down on in these like weekly press conferences, didn't say anything, and literally just stayed there the allotted time that you had to be per NFL or whatever, and then just go up and go back to work. Right. That, that would be the best. I would kind of like the Detroit uh, player who said uh, Detroit versus everybody after the after the one Monday night game. He was like Detroit versus everybody. Oh, it's more someone wins in the in, in football. I'm, I'm gonna see if someone get fined. I'm gonna see if someone get fined. <laughs> I'm gonna see if someone get fined. That's fine too. And then get back to work. You know That's who it. does have some optimism though about the Browns is uh, is defensive end Miles Garrett. He thinks the Browns could easily go ten and six. Not easily. He said. Did he say easily. He said. Uh, here's the exact quote from Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is definitely an optimistic uh, player, and he says, "I don't see why we can't be ten and six. We can make a run for it. That to me It doesn't seem sound like easily. Yeah, he's saying like it's totally possible though. Like Yeah, I, I believe it is. I think with the pieces we have, I believe it is. If I'm if I'm thinking from a coaching standpoint though, I don't think it's as easily done. I, I think if we have the right coaching in place, it it can be. 
but Fuddy hasn't showed me that yet. I just hope that Kareem Hunt's going to be your your uh, your supercharger supercharger for this offense. You know who also is going to be next, a supercharger? Next level. You know who also is going to be a yeah, supercharger? Yeah, we know. The next level? We understand. Odell Beckham. We get you, Tim. We're here with you. Top three, you know, wide receiver in the lead. We know. Yeah. 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 I just want to win football games. Yeah. I just want to win football games, please. All right, so I'm about done with the Browns for the moment. We're just gonna we're gonna wait and see what happens on Sunday. We're gonna hope and cross our fingers, and we're just gonna we're gonna hope they cream hunt and the Browns put together a nice game plan and just throttle the Bills because that'd be just, just phenomenal. Well, the offense isn't that good on the on the Josh Allen. He, he's kind of more of a runner than than a passer. He's he's a, he's, a, he's a gunslinger, but he's not very accurate at this point in his career. Um, they have an okay running game, I know, but. The defense has always been has been the staple for the last several years with them. Um, so if you can come out and figure out and and tear them apart the defensive uh, on the offensive side, then then you should have no problem beat, beating them. I but, can agree with you to an extent. I just but they don't play hard. They're the the gritty defensive team. They've shown that for several years now. We got to keep turnovers to, to zero again, just like last week. But when we get down in the red zone, we got to score some freaking points. Yeah, as many man. as few people didn't we like that last, last week's game. should force feed the ball to Odell at all costs. Like, I, I, people say it's a bad game, a bad game plan. But I'd rather throw the ball to Odell fifteen times than throw the ball in a double coverage on fourth down. I'd also just bring that back a little bit to a more simple idea. For the last, we were two and six. For the last nine weeks of football, we have tried not to force him in the ball, right? We have tried spreading out, finding the open receiver, getting more people involved, and then and then throwing him the ball when uh, when it comes to like what in the, game, the flow of the game. And let us ask what what's out. Just give him the ball. We're two and six because what, of that. When the game, we couldn't be worse than two and six. So just force feed him the ball. Could be and if we, if we lose, okay. <laughs> if we lose, yes. <laughs> Against all these awful teams, that would, that would be really shock, a, a real shocker. But beat Baltimore, you play the Bengals twice. We beat. Well, I'm saying we beat. Baltimore. Okay, I'm saying in that coming day, you have to lose to the Bengals twice. Oh, you shouldn't. You but, should. You should immediately leave. But it's the NFL, so you know we we shouldn't have lost to Denver either. But okay, here we are. But okay, so the point is, if you're gonna lose, lose throwing to your best players. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll take that. We we've, we've seen that spotting at the ball and. Getting, oh, trying to get him the ball within the flow of the game has not worked so far. If, so try something different. If it's on, force him the ball, and if you have a few turnovers that way, or something doesn't work, then fine. Just just bring it back down the baseline and and start spreading the ball out again. But if, until then, give him the ball. That's why you paid him. Oh, that's why you bought him in. Give him the ball. I believe that your superstars in any sport are the difference makers from between winning and losing. And the Browns have too many of those superstars to not be winning games. And when it comes down to it, they're going to make the plays in the biggest moments, and you got to trust them for it. And like you said, I'm going to live and die with that. If, if, if you the live Browns, and die with your, your best players. Absolutely, 100%. And if they don't make what, plays, then you're going to say, okay, we, we tried it in our best players' hands, and it just didn't work out. That's fine, and I'll live with that. That if, if I'd rather I, if, live with that than not than not have the opportunities. If Kitchens uh, went post post game after a loss and said, "We tried to give our best players the ball. We tried to throw the ball. It just didn't happen. Today. He wasn't able to make. No, we weren't enough uh, able to make enough plays." I said, "Okay, that's fine. I accept that." Yeah, it's way better than a lot of things he's been saying about. Oh, we just need to to, to be more disciplined. We need to be more. We need to be better. Yeah, we need to make stats. more plays. <laughs> we need to not look at outside noise. I mean, we'll we'll say that he's not saying that. But. No, Freddie says he doesn't look at stats. 
all all you know penalties and <laughs> and you didn't practice penalties. And right. we'll, we'll tell we'll tell that what's up. All right. On a more positive note, we have another Cleveland team that's uh, that's actually doing quite well, even though the record uh, is is not above five hundred. The uh, the Cavs have made some really nice strides, and they actually take on the Washington Wizards, uh, which will be really interesting because we play against two former Cavs, Isaiah Thomas and C.J. Miles. I personally have always liked C.J. Miles. I had zero love for Isaiah Thomas, but I personally like C.J. Miles. He's always out there making plays, and he's got a great jump shot. I think he's a, he's a great uh, veteran piece to have on any team. Yeah, I think he's similar to what uh, Tyler Twelva brings. I don't think he's a t- quite the teacher that uh, Tyler Twelva is on, on a team, the veteran presence. But C.J. Miles is an excellent professional he he would day in and day out. You know you know what you're gonna get from you know, the dead eye shooter who just, just runs off the ball and not um, open shots. So when you're playing a team that has C.J. Miles and Isaiah Thomas, you should throttle them defensively. You should go at them every chance you get. Garland and Sexton should absolutely feast tonight versus the Wizards. You know, you have oh, Bradley yeah. Beal out there too, and Bradley Beal's not a like he's, he's a starter. He's, 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 he's a starter. But I'm, but I'm, if I'm Garland, I'm gonna I'm gonna go at Isaiah Thomas, man. I'd I'm, imagine I kill that matchup. I was just thinking about this. the I'd Cavs imagine. gonna run every pick and roll through him. They're gonna they're gonna isolate him on defense. You need to go at Isaiah Thomas because he's a negative defender, and you can literally get a mismatch anytime you want. He's one of the worst defenders in the league, but I was thinking about it. Do pick with Bradley Beal in that starting lineup. Pick and pops, so, Kevin Love, man. I, I'd imagine they put Bradley Beal on Sexton just from the uh, just a, from from the the speed uh, standpoint. So if that is a taste, then Garland should have his best scoring game of the season. I mean, he's only had twelve points at his game high so far this season, but he's only shot twenty nine percent on the year. So expect to him for him to take fifteen shots this game. And to finally kind of find some rhythm a little bit, to find to. It'll be interesting to see tonight what the Cavs do because what I want, what I'm looking for. What's it on a good team? Is do the Cavs have enough pieces beyond just Love and Thompson? Your veterans are carrying your team right now, but do you have other pieces that can continue to develop? I, we believe Jetty can be a three and D guy. He's shown that. He's shooting, I think, 45% from three right now, which is just ridiculous. I love that out of Jetty. John Beeline talked and waved about how Jetty came in the offseason, and he, he was so much more improved. Because when he was hired, he had goals for him, and then he came back in training camp, and, and Jetty worked on those goals that, he, that Beeline wanted him to work on. But I think I, 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 I'm, I differ from you with that. I think Kevin Love and, and Tristan Thompson are leading the team. I don't think they're tailoring the team. I think in John Beeline's system... I don't think there is that carrying the team mentality um, that we saw with uh, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James when when they were here. I think it's a different system, and I don't think that's the right terminology with how this offense is going to be ran. The Cavs are winning games, or have won games and are staying in games because of how good Love and Thompson have been. They're not winning the games because they don't have a third or fourth component that has stepped up on a nightly basis to win those games. Well, yeah, you, you haven't got that production. You haven't got the production out of out of, out of Sexton. You haven't got it out of, out of Garland. You haven't got it enough out of Jetty. You haven't got it enough out of Clarkson. Those are four players that need to consistently come in and perform for you. I think Clarkson, as of late, has played better. I think you're still getting up and downs from Sexton. You definitely haven't got what you want quite yet out of Garland. 
And then Jetty has had up and downs as well, where he's actually you know showed some nice sparks and some nice shooting moments. But you want to see that on more on a nightly basis. I want to go into every night and expect that Jetty's going to hit those shots, and and, and that you know that Sexton's going to make quality decisions on the offense, and that Clarkson's going to give me offensive scoring off the bench. And he did all all last season for you. But really, when you break it down, look at it, look at the film. Was Clarkson just scoring a lot because the Cavs were bad, or was he scoring like good buckets in like the rhythm of the offense? And I think that's what the challenge is now is he had he's developed this this skill set, he has the ability to score, but now he's gotta do it within the flow of the offense. And you need someone else to be consistent on a nightly basis and the Cavs just haven't had that yet. Well Clarkson, uh to bring to bring back the the last point you had, um Clarkson last year he was kind of that um, that's that, that stabilizer. He was that kind of a lock in that messy, dysfunctional Cavs team. So he was allowed to be like kind of like the the person to to bring that that team down the baseline, or to to bring some consistency within his chaotic form of of ISO ball that he does, or like his own like kind of um, uh, scoring that he he brings to the offense. And he just needs to figure out how to do that on a nightly basis within. The more structured scheme of of John Beeline, but I think that's what you get from a young team, um, especially in a new system, where they have these flashes of seeing what they can do on a nightly basis, but they need to just figure it out and do it every single time. Uh, back to Jetty, you brought up. Uh, I think he's capitalizing on his opportunities because he's getting a lot of touches. Uh, he's done a lot of opportunities early on in games, and you see him more later on in games. But the middle, the second, third quarter. He's not really getting opportunities, and I think within oh, like the flow of the offense a little bit, he's kind of getting left out on the offensive end. Um, but I think I've been very impressed with Jetty so far in this season. As for Garland, like I said, he's still trying to figure out and find his feet um, in the new NBA. Like I said, he's just kind of off. I mean, you can kind of compare it to, to Trey Young last year. I mean, many young rookies and, and young players can can uh, struggle, and they'll eventually fi- find a rhythm and just test it to speed and find out what shots they're allowed to take. I think that's uh, Garland's biggest trouble, is what shots is he supposed to take and what, within what shots are you comfortable with, like all his shots. I know John Beeline's putting a lot of effort into developing these guys, too. Him and uh, uh, Garland and Sexton did some, some, uh, some drills with Beeline t- together uh, in practice the other day, and we're spending some time just doing some some two on twos, uh, two on three drills, um, where they were allowed to to kind of work on that the the taking the right shot opportunities, and that was great to see because you know John Beeline's focusing on on his two guys that need to continue to be developed, and he's focused on shot shot selection. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they're highlighting that in film on a, on a on a daily basis. Going, look, this is a shot you can't take. This is a shot you should take. This is an opportunity where you passed up where you you should have pulled, and um, like we said earlier, I think tonight's a great opportunity for Garland to kind of set uh, um, some some quality things to, on film and start, and start to develop that NBA game a little bit more. And you should dominate over uh, Isaiah Thomas. I would accept a good performance from from Garland. I would love to see him dominate, but I'll accept a good performance with healthy shot selection. Probably eight to ten shots would be happy. Looking for ten to twelve points. That that'd be that'd be a productive evening for me. I think. I think Garland should use tonight to expand his shot selection because he's been very, very conservative with his with what shots he takes um, on a night-to-night basis. 
Um, he's done a little more wild, uh, a little more hectic shots. Later in games, when he has touched the ball, hasn't got up a shot um, in a long time. But for the most part, he's trying. He's trying to be that good teammate. He's trying to get other people involved, and and what what will help other his teammates get involved is if he takes his shots. And once he starts taking his shots, then that's going to open up and make his ability to create for other people, other other players on his team, uh, and make that easier. Do you have a pro comparison who's currently in the league? Like to compare Garland to, I like I like the well we said it uh, it, must, it must have been over a month ago on the podcast. Um, I like CJ McCollum. Um, I think he plays with great um, decisiveness and he does, he's not fast, but he always moves with a purpose. And I think him and I think I think Trey Young and there's one more uh, Devin Booker. The three people who just move, they don't move very fast at times, but when they do, they move very fast. Um, and they always move that decisively. Made, that made zero sense. They don't move very fast. Time. No, no, no. Eighty percent of the time, they move. Look, they look like they're moving in slow motion. But when you decide to move fast, they do it with a purpose, and they hit the gaps and hit the spots, and they use their vision to create the uh, to, to kind of seize whatever. You're saying they're great at being change of speed guys. Yeah, they have great change of pace. I like that. I like that. And I, I think, think those are. I think those are all good comparisons to have. Um, I would love to. See, I think he's like a Trey Young light at the moment. Like I think he's, a like a, he's like a diet Trey Young. And I don't think he's as fast. And, no. and Trey Young is an elite level passer. He came in to the lead day one doing that. Um, and Garland's shown flashes, but I don't want to disrespect Trey Young because he's been phenomenal since the back half of the last season and into this year. That's why I this said this year he looks at all star. That's why I said he's a he's a like a diet Trey Young. Diet Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a, yeah, like a light beer, okay. like a light beer Trey Trey Young. Yeah, like, 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 a, yeah, Bud like a less potent version of Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Tra- uh, Young or Damian Lillard or Seth Curry are like the, the specialty beers. And then you got, you got, you got Darius Garland um, yeah, with the, the light beer. Okay, last couple things here. Um, we've got some expiring contracts, obviously, on the Cavs roster. All of them. This is super interesting because the Cavs will be a great um, experiment. This is a great experiment almost. To see how much value these expiring contracts actually have, um, we have uh, Thompson, Henson, Clarkson, uh, Brandon Knight, Deladova, Ante Zizic, and uh, and McKenney, who are all expiring deals, and we're gonna find out how much those deals are worth. Kobe Altman's loaded the roster up this way on purpose. You can either take on assets um, with bad contracts, or you can flip them for other assets or second chance players. But at some point in this season, the Cavs are gonna try to make a hefty amount of trades. I thought we even saw a signaling to looking to tra- trade a player uh, last week when Brandon Knight played uh, against the uh, the Mavericks. It was kind of a showcase game. I don't know if it actually like, worked out that way, but Brandon Knight got some good minutes. He hit some threes. He looked decent and serviceable. Um, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was an amazing performance. But the Cavs are gonna have to make some moves here, so we have to figure out who belongs in the roster and who's gonna be traded. I uh, yeah I think I think I agree I I think they they will showcase in Brandon Knight and you said you mentioned that he he looked serviceable and nothing past that but that's all you really need in a trade like if uh, one it, it's your first game out and you look decent so I think with a little time into the system this uh shaking the rust off a little bit um because he didn't really play much in the preseason um did did his feedback but I think. Yeah, I, I do agree. I'll, I'll, it's interesting to see coming up here, especially in, in January, come February, uh, on the trade deadline. 
which where where will uh, Toby Altman make moves and who will he keep? Because I really want Tristan Thompson to be in the Tavs long term future because he is on a spiraling contract. But what is he gonna be worth? He got that big defensive money, um, the LeBron money that uh, that he got in what 2014. Yeah, LeBron did earn that big contract, and for a while, it he owned it like he, a really painful contract. And now it feels a little bit less painful. Well, for two years, it looked great. He's like, all right, he's playing great. He's he's an absolute animal. I don't know if it looked really look great because okay, he, defensively, he, and then on the rebounds, there was no better option. On, on the rebounds versatility, alone, versatility. On, well, he averaged a ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds in the playoffs for like two or three years, and and he made he made big plays in the playoffs. I mean, he was huge. I, for versatility, he's a he's a great player for the playoffs. In the playoffs alone, he owned those contracts. But after post LeBron, you're like, ugh, like these contracts don't look so good. Right, right. It always feels less uh, less warm and fuzzy when you're not winning games. And you're not in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, out of these so players, what, what you believe yeah. Thompson's one we should keep. Um, I know you're a fan of of Henson. I think he's a player you could definitely keep. He as hasn't well. been utilized and he hasn't been healthy. He's injured right now. So I know. Yeah, we'll he see. Hasn't been, see, yeah, he hasn't been healthy. We'll see um, if that and that makes a difference. Or not if he can get healthy and stay healthy. But in my opinion, I think we sh- he should be played or at least have more minutes than uh, Larry Nance Jr. I think he fits better. I, I think he's less of a defensive liability, and I feel like he, after he has some confidence, he's a better three point shooter. You I know, don't like his shot. I don't know, shot at all. You know that uh, Tim and I are are, are not huge uh, Larry Nance and Colin Sexton fans. Um, so we're just going to continue to talk about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> until they, they until show they us... show that they can they can they can contribute to wins, I don't know how much I can be fans. And until they show that the things that we don't like about them, I just want to see them make basic basketball plays. I want to I want to know that they can make a basic read and can execute a play properly. I just don't see that enough out of them. That's not what I mean. Like I don't have to be that general. Like I with Miller Ants, I just don't want him to make the same stupid fouls with jumping over someone's back on a post up. That never works. Every time you've done it since I think I've seen you since uh, playing with the, the Lakers, it's never worked. Just um, stupid decision with the ball. Him uh, that makes two. Uh, the third thing with him, just off the top of my head, would be him trying to do the most stupidest dunks at the at the worst times. Like you're not. You don't have you don't have Donovan Mitchell uh, like like uh, verticality. You don't have uh, Vince Carter like vertical. Like you're not you're explosive, but you're not elite level explosive in the NBA. And he just he reaches on on his, some of his abilities to to dunk some of those balls. He's not fast enough to like have that kind of. He's not like Blake Griffin explosive either. Like early, oh yeah, Blake like early Blake Griffin explosive was like oh my god. Like big man, like, he's not really big man explosive. Like he's he's still explosive. He's a great dunker. But like he's a slow dunker; it takes him a minute to get up there. And yeah, and he, he's not—he doesn't—he doesn't carry over long distances. Like he he get up, he doesn't go out. He doesn't right. go up and out. That's and right. that and he—that's what he thinks he does. That's he what does. happens when you don't have the speed. Like you and then and then my my, my my problem with Colin Sexton is his slow decision making. It's it's beyond below average. And if he would just make decisions quicker, that would eliminate an entire um, pet peeve of mine. The other thing would be looking down and and not and and looking down while dribbling and not uli- utilizing or attacking like situation like That's I saw him, I saw him pull two deep threes against the Mavericks against seven footers. Oh, it's bad. If you, so if he you think, looked. If you want a, a game to outline why Sexton is not going to be a part of the Cavs' future, just turn on that Mavs game because he had zero court awareness and got 
like absolutely dominated the entire time he was in there. And I don't think he understands how tall seven footers are. Like there was a six three in Porzingis and uh, seven three and seven four. Uh, 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 Boban. Um, I don't know his last name. Is possible to pronounce Boban Milovanovic. So I don't know. Yeah, he he looked dominant. They are the six. Yeah, the seven three and seven four and. And then, uh, then he does uh, later in the game. He takes those deep threes over top of them. Like if you think you're faster than uh, Darian Fox, then you should, I should be a blow by every time. Yeah, you should. Uh, I just don't think that like he, he's gonna fit this system going forward. But that's, that's okay. okay. It's, it's, Anyways, it's basketball IQ. Back to slow decision making, and then not being able to read or, and decide when to score. Okay, so back to the the Cavs that we think we're gonna, um, we, what we'd like to sign. Um, is Brand Knights next? Do you think he's gonna have a spot in this roster going forward? I don't I, think I he really does. don't think so. I think they're trying to trade him. I think they want to get some from early to free up a roster spot so they can start uh, looking at other assets. And I think I know John Bieland mentioned that you want Jordan Clarkson in that wolf position, that that's that that three small forward position. But I think once we get uh, Dylan Winlow back, I think he's gonna be way better than people think. And once um, Kevin Porter gets out of his rookie slump and starts finding some rhythm, I don't think he's gonna have t- he's gonna have minutes in that position. And it's gonna bring him back to that that point guard that that uh, that shooting guard ball dominant uh, player off the bench, which then we won't need the uh, Brandon Knight because we have Delhi off the bench. I would love to There's see Kevin Porter slide over to the two a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, I like that. You. I think that's. I think it'd be really fun. And I think that fits. I think it gives you a lot of athleticism at that position, and you know, it lets you shut down some of those tougher two guards. And then it fits. What well, what I'm ta- into my point, which then we won't need Brandon Knight, and then it gives a spot for D- Dylan Winlow off the bench. I like it. Um, Deladova, I think. I think you have to resign him at this point, um, but for a small deal. I think. I don't think anyone else. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a one to one. I think you give him. Five and a half million, and then you bring down to like three and a half next year. So you yeah. load, load them up it's in a small in this, contract in this year when you have the money, and then when you do it, oh, oh no, flip it. You'd probably do three and a half this year if you resign them, and then for 2020, you do like five and a half when you have the capital. I think you, um, I think you have to, re- I think he has to realize that, like, at this point in his career, there's not a lot of teams that are going to want his his type of uh, his type of play, but I think a lot of people value his basketball IQ and his leadership. Um, but with, with that said, like, where does that fit on an NBA roster? He's limited too. He's limited. He's not the defender people think he is, and I think the 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 refing, the the officiating has has changed um, since he was dominant in the 2015-2016 era with the Cavs, uh, shutting down Troy, shutting down. Um, they just only ha- they don't even hang on players like that anymore. Like yeah, and players are smarter like that too. They when you feel they feel a hand on you, they don't up with you, and they didn't quit fouls on you, and you're out of the game. So I don't, I don't think he necessarily fits this today's uh, NBA basketball. He but I think he has value for the team. He so, just doesn't fit it at a mass contract. I think he's got his bid contract in his NBA career. Yeah, so you got, you got he's got to take more like uh, um, what's that? What's his name? The guy, veteran money. Uh, yeah, like veteran money. Damon, da, not Damon Jones. Um, oh, Noble. No, who's the Jones guy? that champ. They call him. What's his name? I, oh, oh, James Jones. James Jones, the man, one that went James to Jones six money. straight NBA finals. Who carried LeBron James? Through sits NBA Finals. Yeah, you got to give him like some James Jones money. Yeah. Like you know, like understand his value is huge on the team, but he's got to know that he's not going to make a lot of money. Like it's just what it is. Um, Ante Zizic, pretty much the the doors shut on him. We didn't pick trade up their him. option. Add him as a trade piece. Use him ha- as a potential like gem. That Let you, somebody oh, like, else be like, oh, this guy's interesting. 
Yeah, Dane Ainge, that to, that to us, so let's do it to someone else. That's fine. And then we have McKenney, who's on a really tiny contract, who's either like a guy who can release no problem. He's, an, he's, he's a nice... Half his money's not even guaranteed, I don't believe. No, he's a nice uh, 14th best player. Yeah, he's a, he's a great. He's a good defender. He's a good defender. He's roster. lanky. He's I think he's six eight. Uh, he he can ma- shoot a little bit. Yeah, you, you, do you remember he made every twenty three during like the last two years for the for the Warriors? Like he he's a, he's known as a knockdown like corner three point shooter. I don't think he's a he's a shooter or a scorer, but he he for whatever reason he always makes corner threes. That's fine. I mean, some someone could find value in that. I guess. I mean, I'm sure LeBron could uh, for the Lakers if they needed a bottom of the bottom of the barrel player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So a, he has value on it. Just team. to summarize, we want to keep Thompson, keep Henson if he stay healthy. Um, Clarkson doesn't really fit the system anymore. Um, and then uh, Knight's gone. Keep Delhi. Ante's gone. McKinney's gone. So out of that, you're going to keep uh, three players, and then you're going to trade the rest more yep. or less. I'd also be open to to trading back for 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 bigger sellers as well, um, along with draft picks, because there's no there's not many people. Not many players in free agencies coming yet, so I'd say push your push your uh, mass amount of capital back one year, and then have it all free for potential uh, signings in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, so Cavs got three games coming up here: um, Wizards tonight, uh, Knicks, Sixers, all three on the road. Uh, what do you think the Cavs do record wise? I see two. Wizards, Knicks, Sixers. I think we would be being the first two, and we're losing to the Sixers. I think again, just what we did to Celtics, just what we did to Milwaukee. I think we're gonna be in it for about thirty three and a half quarters. Um, but then that that young team that doesn't understand how to win yet um, is gonna be the Achilles heel. And ultimately, I'm, I mean, there's more talent. There's more established talent on the Sixers. They, they did have, beat the Sixers last year, though. Remember that? Remember that uh, that Clarkson moment where he was blowing kisses to people. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. That fun. was a lot of fun. That um, was so fun. maybe he can channel that, and 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 maybe he has something to that Sixers team. Some some players just just ball out against certain teams. Yeah, they just get up for and, certain teams. And Clarkson might be that that player against the against Philly. I'd love to see it. Um, so I I expect to be. I mean, we could be. I expect three. to be in the game. We could be three and zero. I don't expect it. I expect to be two and one. I expect to to have a better idea and be more organized um, than New York Knicks, who are just extremely dysfunctional at this point. Um, I don't. I don't believe much in in RJ Barrett. Um, uh, one of the Morris brothers, I think, is over there. The whole uh, Wendell, Wendell's they a good player, but that's the, about the, it. They thought they were going to be the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and, and they're, they're just not. Yeah, they thought they were going to Zion, Katie, <laughs> Tyler so, Irving. They were so hyped. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, Drake. Jay Z, they're gonna have an all star. Beyonce, <laughs> it's just not not. The they're about to have their own little little um, entertainment. I don't know, in the Lama. Yeah, seven twenty. No, they were not gonna have that. It was they. They had all these big dreams, and it all fell apart real quickly. And I don't. I have no sympathy because they are not a good uh, fan base. I don't like Knicks as a they're fan. They're not base. a good fan base. They're an annoying fan base. They're, they're Knicks, very much Knicks tape. <laughs> Knicks are garbage. Yes. Hot um, and then Cavs have a brighter future than the Knicks do. Hot take. Shocker. Yeah, it's not. It's not a hot take. Just, just feel. It's like, just facts. If he doesn't know. It's just facts. Uh, last thing, we're gonna do um, buy or sell. Um, we got, we got one this week. Uh, this episode, we're gonna do. Uh, should the the Cavs resign Tristan Thompson? So we were kind of discussed this, and I think it all depends on the money. Like, if you can get him on like a team friendly deal. That'd be great because he is getting older and stuff. But he's putting together some of his best basketball. Uh, I think ultimately we want to resign him. I think ultimately it won't get done though. I 
I'm more optimistic. I think the way they did it done and the way to appeal, uh, make it appealing for Tristan Thompson is to front load his deal. So I would love for for three or four years to be under ten million per year. But I think what we you could structure, you can give him fourteen, fifteen, sixteen this year or maybe next year, um, and then dwindle it off quite a bit as he is progressed. And I think that, I that I may make it appealing that. for him. I wouldn't mind it. I but just, if he does feel like he can get more from teams, then you probably won't be able to attain him. Uh, uh, we attain him. I just think that someone's going to give him some silly money. Like you know how like the high point loves Al Horford. I think there's some real love out there for Tristan Thompson, and I just don't think the Cavs are going to be able to like want to match that or, or match that. Um. All right. That, so I think that's not, not about wraps it up. The so yeah the Wizards game is starting right now. Don't you have a quote or not quote? You had a um, you had a quote. question from somebody. I have no questions. Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. Get... We have we have one. Uh, I uh, you had someone DM'd you a question, so you wanted to make sure we you have one it. fan question this week. Um, every uh, every episode, uh, we answer your questions. Um, and 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 this whatever they might be, retaining Cleveland sports. And this week we have one from Amber. Uh, she said, "How can the Browns implement Hunt in their offense effectively?" Uh, I think when you do that, you have to you have to work him in slowly because he's uh, he's just coming back, and like you said earlier, you don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. So I would like to see him get like I don't know ten to ten to twenty snaps this week. I think that'd be really nice. There don't necessarily be carries, but if you have him out on the field from ten to twenty snaps, I think that'd be that'd be a great way to. To mix up the offense and make the defense account for them? I think they should be about 50-50, 40-60 in terms of, of running the passing snaps. Um, and he did have that sports hernia that he dealt with during his suspension uh, a few weeks ago. I think week six or week seven. He's officially healthy from that, uh, supposedly. Um, but yeah, that seems sounds about good. 20-25 snaps. Uh, see what he's capable of. Kind of test the waters a little bit. Um, see how he can affect and impact... Uh, this offense, yeah, I think he, I think it'd be great to see him uh, be productive and, and show some stuff out there. I think he can definitely affect the uh, the way the defense game plans, and I'd love to see him catch some balls out of the backfield. I think I think it's one of the things he does best. So um, that's how I would implement him. I, I'd work him in slowly, and then if he starts to dominate, you could definitely you know give him more touches as it goes on. And just play it, play how it's going. If he's if he's killing it, and keep on keep on doing snaps. I don't want to do that nonsense where you're splitting snaps between Hunt and Chubb because we, I, th- I think they both could be effective on a weekly week basis, but I would love to just see have them in there. Just have them in there. Every, in just have the them in there. Have them in there one of them in there every snap. It's just like it's just like uh, in basketball you want to have oh like with the tabs. You want to have at least uh in that tw- uh, 2014-2018 one finals one. We either ha- you either had one of the three bid three and you had Love, you had Kyrie, you had LeBron in at all times. And most of the, often, you should have had love in when the other two sat out because then he didn't dominate the ball. When I mean, there's so many different ways we didn't utilize Kevin Love in that in that stretch. Um, but that's how I would, that's how I do it with Kareem Hunt. And, yeah, as long as you have one of them on the field, Mitchell, then you, you should, should always you have him on always, the field. You should always you should just like it's just like uh, OBJ and uh, Jarvis. One of them should always be on the on the field. I agree with you. I agree with you. But that about wraps it up. You can always always send us messages, DM us uh, of your questions. We'll answer them every week. All right, well, hey, this is uh, this is the Everything is Earned podcast. My name is Mike. And I'm your co-host, Tim. And uh, remember, in Cleveland, everything is earned.